0: Hello, everyone. You listen to J Movie Talk, episode 255, as I'll be talking the movie Ricochet. The gun! Drop the gun! Now I'm going to show you. I got absolutely nothing on underneath, all right? No hidden guns. I don't even have a chest protector on. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I don't want you to look stupid, right? I lay the gun down. You let the girl go. I'll be your hostage. I'm putting the gun down. As a rookie cop, Nick Stiles made an arrest. Now, the only weapon I got left now is useless unless you're a pretty girl. (laughs) That launched him into the limelight. Assistant District Attorney Nicholas Stiles has proven he can round up criminals. But the one conviction he never thought twice about. Remember Earl Talbot Blake? No, the name escapes me. Never stopped thinking about him. Got things to live for. There's something real scary out on those streets. <laughs> He's watching. Your closest associate had ten thousand dollars in his possession before he died, and you have been linked to the disappearance of that money and child pornography. Somebody somewhere is enjoying this because things like this don't just happen. And waiting. What if it was somebody he locked up? I can't take Come on! to be in the limelight what's well, a hot seat now pal i'm gonna make them pay for this that's for damn sure they're gonna pay for this <laughs> yeah, but if you don't trust me at least trust my main street homeboy. i want to see his face in the light of those cameras when they put the cuffs on when it'll be complete denzel washington john lithgow ice tea Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am back kicking off the month of June. Um, with this month, it is Denzel Washington month. Um, I I decided to put old school June a little bit on the... Give it a little break this year and decided to dedicate this month to... One of my favorite actors of all time, one Mr. Denzel Washington, and for this episode, um, as you heard in the opener, um, I'm gonna be talking about Ricochet from 1991, um, and everything. Uh, it's it's been a while since I've seen this movie, actually, and yeah, uh, I have a, I have some thoughts about it, but uh, before we before I get into talking about. Uh, ricochet just want to go through the cast real quick so of course we have denzel washington We have denzel as uh nick styles john litko as earl talbot blake and how how can you not trust somebody who has three three names right um ice t as odessa kevin pollock as larry liz lindsey wagner as district attorney priscilla brimley uh, Mary Ellen Trainer as Gail Waylands, Wallens I should say, Josh Evans as Kim, Victoria Dillard as Alice, John Amos as Reverend Styles, John Coltrane as Councilman Ferris, and um, Jesse Ventura makes an appearance in this freaking movie as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the cast. It's a that's an interesting cast of characters uh, that we have, but talking about denzel for a quick um moment so this like i said this is 1991 he's already won best supporting actor for glory in 89 he's already he's done some fairly decent movies up to this point this is after this is after you know saint elsewhere you know, he was on the TV show St. Elsewhere. So this is all after that. Uh, he's done The Mighty Queen. He's done for Queen and Country, where it's the only time you'll hear Denzel trying to put on a British accent. Like uh, I say, Dead Glory, Heart Condition, which he does not l- like to refer to that movie. And I remember seeing that movie as a kid and I was like, Ugh. I mean, yeah, Denzel, but that movie is like is 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 a reason why he never did anything else like it. He did Mo Better Blues in 90, um, which is one of the movies I'm actually going to be covering this month. Um, And then the year of 91, he does Ricochet as well as Mississippi Masala. So two very different movies that he does in 1991. And this is still before really he becomes, you know,
1: Denzel
0: Washington. Right now, he's just Denzel Washington you know but this is this is a little bit before he becomes denzel but you can you can kind of see like yeah this dude he 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 is a is a talent he there is something special about him. so getting into talking about this movie so one of the interesting things about it is some of the stuff i learned about who potentially could have originally been in this movie so one thing looking looking up about this movie is that the original idea for the story was that this could have been a dirty, hairy movie. So imagine if you've never seen this movie and I, if you have HBO Max, it is on HBO Max if you want to watch it. So for anyone who has seen the movie, imagine this story to some degree with instead of a Denzel Washington you have Clint Eastwood doing some of the stuff or getting involved in some of the stuff. Now I don't know how different it would have been with Clint Eastwood, you know, it's Dirty Harry with some of the story stuff, opposed to what we get with Denzel Washington here. But I, I'm I'm thinking about it from the stance of this story is playing out the way it plays out with Ricochet, and it's like mm, that would have been that would have been interesting to see. Uh, especially certain scenes later, like later in the movie where Nick Styles is pretty much a damn madman. So imagine trying to see Clint Eastwood doing some stuff like that. But um, that's one thing. Um, another is the fact that this movie takes place basically in the same universe as Die Hard. Thanks to the character of Gail Wallens because she played the same exact character in Die Hard so this movie is in the same universe as as, as Die Hard so John McClane and, and Nick Styles exist in the same universe so just take that for what it is I guess um uh, another thing too is that the fact that the reason why this movie did not um become a dirty hair movies because it was considered too violent um and everything so they was like nah well it's too violent that it, it, it can't be a dirty hair movie but uh when joel silver got involved with it and fred decker who came up with the original idea for it um uh, it was going with decker was going to direct it kurt russell was going to be the star so imagine kurt russell doing this Running around being a damn, you know, madman in a sense, um, uh, and that would have been, that would have been interesting to see. Um, I don't know if Kurt Russell would have. I mean, as, as great as Kurt Russell is, I I can't see him necessarily in some of the situations that we get with Denzel. Um, but that's with the whole Nick Styles character. Now, as far as the Earl Talbot Blake. Now, John Lithgow is is awesome in this movie as the villain, but it would have been even more interesting if the original choice who they wanted to play Earl Talbot Blake of Rucker Howard, because when I, I'm thinking about him from the Hitcher. So I'm thinking about if he comes with that same energy he brought to the hitcher, he brings it to this and just kind of ramps it up just even a little bit more. Th- that would have been even more insane to have Denzel Washington and Rucker Howard together. And yeah, that would like I say, that would have been insane um, to kind of see um, how that would have played out. But that's just some of the stuff that I found out uh, a little bit about the movie. Um and everything before i actually got into talking about it so the movie starts off with uh nick and larry they're playing pickup basketball basically running on the same course i guess that uh sydney dean and, and billy holl uh did in white man can't jump they're playing two on two with odessa played by ice t and basically his right hand man they out here playing pick- I'm just like what, what, what's going on right now like what is this and this the way this scene kind of plays out at first. You're thinking that oh, they all cool and everything, and you know that they all work together. But after that, you you realize, wait a minute, okay. Nick and Larry, they're cops. Odessa is is a gangster, and it's like, well, how exactly do they know each other? Like, like what is this? Um, and it's just interesting like how that kind of plays out a little bit i mean granted later on in the movie we do find out how exactly odessa and 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 nick know each other and the fact that his name is odessa is like why the hell is his name odessa like the only odessa i know is odessa texas so why is he his name odessa but whatever um so after after uh, odessa and um his, his, his dude leave um we see we're introduced to Alice played by Victoria Diller, and she was there pretty much watching the game. And at first you think, oh, they're together already. But no, she was just there and everything. And Nikki goes over and start talking to her and basically he starts applying pressure. Like, hey, you know, you know, you want to go out with me on Saturday, eight o'clock, dah, 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 dah. her friends show up pick, trying to pick her up and everything. And this is the point where we do find out that that they're cops because Larry who had left and got changed into his uniform pulls up in the cop car and he's like looking at him he's like pointing at his watch and he's like yeah I know I know it's just like oh you a cop he's like yeah and everything he said come think of it you're part legally here so I have to write you a ticket so you know if you want to you know complain and plead you know to get out of this you know meet me you know we can go on a date and everything which we don't see that date actually happen because it goes straight from there to where Nick and Larry are basically on duty at this, uh like this little carnival fair thing at the towers and everything. And while they're kind of on patrol and stuff, we get with this, this, like this, I guess a drug deal or something's going on. Some type of a deal is going down in the building across the way, and and everything. And this is where we're introduced to Earl Tower Blake and Kim who show up and Kim is already like a loose is it's basically a weak link in a way because he just goes there and opens the door to go inside and Blake is like wait a minute like look can we make this not look like it's an inside job so he closes the door back smashes the window to make it seem like they broke in so they go in and everything and this is where Blake shows that he's just a madman because he goes in and ends up killing all of the guys that was in involved in this deal. And Nick and Larry they hear the hear the shot. So Kim, he's going back to he's actually waiting at the car, um, and everything when Larry comes around. And so he gets into it with Larry. So they're kind of at a standstill. Nick he he's about to go into the building when Blake decides to just do a damn jeff hardy through the window and come f- crashing down to the ground and everybody's like what the hell is this so we get this whole standoff with nick and blake and while they're in the middle of the standoff this woman comes out of freaking porta potty and blake ends up taking her hostage so we get this whole this interesting scene and even though i haven't seen this movie in years for some reason this scene has always stuck in my mind where uh nick styles he's like okay you can let her go like he's like put the gun down so he's like you can let her go He say, you know i say i'm, I'm gonna show you that i don't have anything so he begins to strip he, he never puts his gun down the whole time but he begins to strip take off all his clothes down to his boxes and everything and it's like okay i'm gonna put my gun down but you're gonna let her go and right as um Odessa um Um, right as uh Blake lets the woman go and everything is going to try to shoot Nick he comes out with a small pistol from from the back and shoots uh Blake in the knee and he ends up capturing uh Blake and this is what pretty much makes Nick's career because it was actually filmed and it was all over the news and he becomes like a you know a super cop hero in a sense um so, so because of this, like I said, he becomes like a super cop hero, and this is where he meets uh Councilman Ferris and also the the district attorney, uh, Priscilla, um, and everything. And they really want to kind of fast track his career because we do find out earlier in the movie that he had went to law school, so he does have like aspirations of going more to the judicial side from a lawyer's standpoint than just being a cop he just got into being a police officer i guess to get in but he really wants to be a lawyer so a few years actually passes and he is now the assistant district attorney and him and alice are now married and they have kids so the movie does do like a few a couple of time jumps because like i say we never saw the date with nick and alice but next time we see her, they're married and they have kids, um, and everything. So Talbert, Blake, who has been in this who's now locked up and everything, we just get to see like how he descends even more into madness and has he, he develops an obsession with Nick Styles. And it's like no one no one seems to notice this, um, and everything. But one of the funny things about seeing T- Blake, when he's in prison, is that okay? He gets moved from his original, um, cell because of the fact that he was getting into too much trouble. So he ends up getting moved to a cell with, uh, Jesse Ventura, uh, whose character name is Chowalski, who's a part of the Aryan Brotherhood. And it's like, uh huh, yeah, all right. And it's funny when when Blake is put into his cell, there's actually a picture of Vincent Man on the, uh, on on like the wall in a bodybuilding uh fit and it's like so Vincent man has like a cameo in this movie um in a sense um so the first thing that these two when they get into a cell together Shawalski is like trying to trying to big boy um bleak and everything and Blake ends up beating the hell out of him knocks him out so because of all of that they end up having a damn highlander fight um with swords and everything. It's like what the fuck is this. So in the process of that. Blake ends up killing. Uh, Chawalski and he quote unquote. Joins the brotherhood. And everything based off of that. And it's like what in the hell. So. um, Speaking of John Litko. J- John Litko has always been one of those actors. Where he can play. Goofy really well. And he can play evil and menacing really well and it's not too many people that can do that convincingly um but he's very good at doing both and also too he can play very sympathetic also because i've seen him do that a few times as well um but yeah he he has always been like an interesting actor and i would always point to two movies that really stick out to me as far as him just kind of being over the top and like insane ricochet would be one and raising Kane is another And it's like, yeah, dude, he I don't think he truly gets a lot of the credit that he deserves for just how he can portray these certain characters. Also, Blowout, which I did a while back where he plays a killer in that. Also, it just he just has a certain way about him that he can be real menacing. But if you only know him for like the comedy stuff and you see him do this or vice versa, and it's like that's the same guy like how, how is it that he can do that? but i guess that's the whole thing about when you're an actor you can do stuff like that but he is very good in this movie um and everything so um so styles um we get to see him in action in the courtroom and everything and i always kind of point to this and say hmm i wonder if that's how he was cast as the lawyer in philadelphia because of him as a lawyer here because um, I know he does. He, he plays a lawyer here. Um, to some degree. He also plays, I believe he's a lawyer in the Pelican brief. Also. I can't remember. Uh it's been a while since I seen that movie, him and Julia Roberts. Um, but I know he plays Tom Hanks, lawyer in Philadelphia and everything. And I always made me wonder, like, was it based off of this is why he kind of got those particular roles. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of making that up. I would like to think that is the case. Um, So now, like I said, no one seems to notice that this whole obsession that Blake has with Styles. I mean, he starts to decorate his damn cell with nothing but Styles stuff and, and, you know, pictures and, and this thing. It's like no one realizes like he has this damn obsession with with Nick Styles. So somehow Blake is up for parole and it's like this dude murdered at least about five or six people. And had a woman hostage and he's up for parole. Like, really? Like, how, how is that? But I guess that's the, that's the judicial system, how it, how it plays out. Right. So he gets a public defender, um, appointed lawyer to go with him into the board, board meeting, um, parole hearing, I should say. And while he's there, and everything they're basically talking about like how can you you know how do you you know what do you think you can contribute if you're released and this that and the other and like it's like and basically like i'm not gonna do anything that's basically how he's playing it off But he, he ends up insulting uh one of the guys that's uh one of the board members about that he's gonna go to first thing he'll do when he gets out is go to his house and have sex with his wife um and even might even have sex with his dog and everything's like what so the dude's like, I don't find that very funny. He's like, oh, no. Well, maybe you find this funny. He pulls out like an air air gun type thing, shoots a dude in the throat. And then that's when some of the Aryan brotherhoods they come in and basically they hold these people hostage and they use them to actually escape the prison. Now, you want to talk about being bad at your job. How is it that these prison guards don't recognize that you have these prisoners literally coming out with some of these um, board members. And it's like, how how is it like, how long have y'all been working at this prison that you don't re- recognize, recognize these people? So they come out dressed up like in suits and one, uh, one of them is even dressed as a guard. So as they're leaving, um, what kind of gives Blake away is the old man who was giving him books when he was in the infirmary he's like hey you remember me and all this type of stuff and Blake's like oh shit so Blake ends up killing the old man so you get like the shootout and everything as they're escaping and Blake and in the, the brotherhood they end up escaping um prison so when they get to like a rendezvous spot Blake ends up killing uh the Aaron brotherhood guy and fakes his death he pretends he makes it seem like the guy that he killed was actually him so he fakes his death and that goes out over the news that Elbert Talbot Blake escaped prison and that he was killed by the Aaron Brotherhood so everyone just knows oh well he's dead and even Gail Wallen she runs up on Nick kind of you know talking about it and questioning him about it and he was like well I guess even some people you know do something good sometimes talk about the Brotherhood killing Blake but what's funny about it when uh, styles and ferris are leaving the, leaving they get um they getting uh haggled by dark man because that, that's how he's dressed dressed up like dark man and it's like asking for some change and everything and they end up giving him some money and everything and as they walk away dude takes off the mask and we see that it is freaking bleak so he's already found his way to styles and Begins like just knowing his whole routine of everything that he does, and to unbeknownst to everybody, that he's now just like literally stalking Nick Styles, but no one knows it because Edward Tower Blake is dead, right? So, after that is where we begin to get these mind games where Blake starts playing these games with Styles, and the first thing that he does is that uh, Blake and Kim they end up kidnapping ferris and they kill him but to make it seem like it was a suicide they hang him dressed up in drag and start saying that all oh, kind of puts it out there that he was a child molester and that uh, he had some money and and the money went missing and that nick styles is actually connected to it so this is where they start messing with styles of um, life and everything and so one thing that really was interesting to me was the fact that it was very believable for everyone to well, it was very convincing that everyone would believe that Councilman Ferris was a child molester and a cross dresser and everything like this just because of how he was found dead. But Nick Styles he's like something's not right here. Like, no, this this can't be right. But everyone just was ready to believe it because what they saw It had to all be true. And that's one thing about this movie I did enjoy was like how easy it was for people to kind of just believe stuff. You know, whether or not it was true, they were eager to believe it. And once Styles's life starts to get turned upside down by Blake um, and everything, because after because I mean, Styles is very distraught about the fact that. Farris had been killed because Farris was like his biggest supporter of helping his career. Because the whole push was like, okay, right now Styles is the assistant district attorney. The next step for him is to be district attorney, and even after that, like hell, he could he could run for mayor. He could be he could try to run for governor. And there's even a line early in the movie where it's like he's going to be the first black president. So they did have like aspirations to further. Nick Styles political career and Councilman Ferris was like his biggest supporter with that. So, yeah, this is someone that Styles you know, really respected and everything. And they had a plan. So for him to get killed like that and it was hard for him to believe. But everybody else, oh, well, it's true. And then when uh, Blake ends up running up on Styles, kidnaps him and they drug him. And this scene is always it's just a wild scene because. When they take him, and like I say, they drug him up, and they basically set this whole thing up to make it seem like Nick Styles is just this filthy, you know, district attorney, basically. And they bring in a prostitute, and he's he's drugged, and he's in the bed. She ends up having sex with him, and they videotape all of it. So after that whole thing, because the thing is, Blake doesn't want to kill styles he doesn't want to kill him he just wants to torture him that's the whole thing just to make his life a living hell basically and after that goes down um they basically toss um styles outside the courthouse and make him look like if he's one of the homeless people that's sleeping there and they and that's when he gets found so they end up you know running tests on him of course and they find that you know drugs is in his system and this that nothing like he's telling them like he's still halfway drugged up he's telling like Blake is alive and everyone's kind of looking like no he's dead like we saw it on the news that he's dead but he's like I'm telling you he's alive and he's the one who's behind this and everything but no one seems to really believe him except kind of sort of except for Larry um is the one who believes him uh to some degree so after, after that, is where things really starts to go downhill for Styles because he's at home and it's. Just, I mean, Denzel is down bad at this portion of the movie. I mean, his hair is all messed up. He just looked like he just looked like hell, and he's running around in a in a pink robe for a portion of the movie. And it's just insane. Like, what the hell is he doing? So, they find out that not only did they find drugs in the system but he has he has the clap and it's like ugh and his wife overhears it and and if she's even somewhat like want to distance herself from him but she kind of can't because I guess because of the kids but I'm pretty sure if it was just the two of them she probably would have bopped him across the head and just left Um, especially with all this coming out and everything but it's like again like everyone they kind of sort of just want to believe that he's this filthy person but don't want to believe him when he's telling them like no i was kidnapped i was drugged and they did this stuff to me i didn't do this on my own accord i'm being framed but it's easy to kind of believe some stuff i guess so one scene is all like the funny thing about it is denzel or nick styles i should say Is I guess he's been drinking. So he's like on the couch and everything. He just like rambling to himself and everything. He ends up falling asleep. So he wakes up and sees where uh, this is where Blake, I guess, has snuck into the house and everything. And he leaves a note on the TV and there's a videotape and it's a tape of Blake basically coming into the house and basically faking like he's going to kill Styles his family, so Styles he freaks out. He runs upstairs, goes into the bedroom, doesn't see his wife or the kids, so he just panics and he grabs his gun, running out the house. Like I say, he's running down the street in a pink robe and some slippers. He runs all the way to this like little, uh, little kids show that's going on where his daughters are, and he kind of stops and everything. He can't really hard see because he's still kind of drugged up, basically so he sees not like seeing clearly he sees a man like kind of shuffling to the stage so he quickly runs towards the stage trips the man down all the kids and everything is is just panics and everything and he pulls the gun the dude flips over and it's the damn clown that was a part of the show and everybody's looking like what the fuck are you doing and he's like I I, I can explain like there's a good explanation for this and everybody's looking like what the hell is wrong with him so because of all of this and him with the whole sex thing, he goes and he's trying to plead his case to um, Priscilla, uh, the DA and everything. And he, because he went back to the house, he got the tape. He goes to her. He's trying to tell her, like, look, look, the man threatened my wife and my. Fa- he's threatened my family. Like he is alive. I got the proof right here. So he puts the videotape in, and it's not the same tape that he had, um, from earlier is actually the tape of him having sex with the prostitute because when he ran out of the house and left, Kim actually went to the house and switched the tapes. So he's like, what the hell? He's like, I'm not crazy. So then as they are talking, one of the other attorneys comes in played by Sherman Howard. And he turns, have you seen channel six? So flips on the news, Gail Wallace is doing a report and it's the tape of him having sex with this prostitute. And, so he actually he actually does bring up a good thing like why would I have two tapes how is it that I would have two tapes to this and everything because he's setting me up but no one wants to believe him so he ends up getting suspended so now that he's suspended it's like now he's able to kind of move a little bit more freely and at this point the only person that kind of does believe him is his partner Larry so Larry actually does some work and everything and he ends up getting uh, Blake's stuff from prison. And he's like, let me show you something. So he shows him where the fact that Blake was like obsessed with him. And so it's like, okay. So they end up going to find one of the Aryan brotherhoods that escape. Well, that's that helped them escape and everything. And they start beating the hell out of dude. And we find out that there were supposed to be some tickets. That was to be picked up, you know, for them to leave the country. And, so they're about to go get these tickets when Kim shows up. They end up chasing him down, and well, Larry is the one that's chasing first, and Nick is like following behind. And as Larry catches up to to Kim, oh, uh, Blake is like up on a, he's up high, and he ends up shooting shooting Larry multiple times, and Larry falls down. He's basically gonna die. And when Styles gets there, and like I say, sometimes in this movie. Nick Styles does do some stuff that's kind of kinda of stupid because when he gets there, he sees Larry like leaning against the wall, falling to the ground, after he been shot multiple times. And the fact that Blake, he's like, Hey, hey Styles, catch. So he tosses down the gun that he just shot Larry with, and Styles catches the gun. And he's like now your fingerprints is completely on the murder weapon, where mine wasn't because he was wearing gloves the whole time. So it's like Styles, what are you doing? So Larry ends up falling down. His last words is like, "Well, I guess he must be alive because he just killed me and everything." So he ends up dead. So Larry does know that Blake was alive. It's just he knows it at the moment of death, basically. So there's no one to, you know, be like, "Yeah, Nick is not lying." You know. Blake is really alive. So after this whole thing go down, um, styles basically turns to the only person that he feels that he can trust. And that is Odessa. Um, because we find out, um, earlier in the movie where Styles, this is before, uh, things starts to go down, go downhill with, with styles where, uh, Styles goes to Odessa's place of business, um, his apartment building, his carter, if you will. And he's basically like trying to tell him, like, look, I got this child outreach program, this community program that I'm doing. I know what you do. You sell drugs to your own people. I don't know why you're doing this, but I want to make a truce that the community center is going to be off limits. Look, I can't stop you from doing what you're doing. Is it right what you're doing What you poisoning your own people? No, but you're not going to poison these kids. And that's the whole kind of thing that they have. And we find out that they were friends when they grew up. That's the reason why they're They're somewhat friendly still now. And because we find out that um, Odessa's mother and um she was a member of um, Reverend Styles, played by John Amos. She's a member of his church and just like they were friends when they grew up. And so they know each other. There is a history between him between them. We don't get a lot of the history between them. We just know that, OK, they grew up together, basically. And the reason why Odessa refers to Styles as PK is because that's supposed to be short for preacher's Kid. So, like I say, they knew each other since they were kids and everything. So. And like I say, that's like the first encounter that they kind of have as far as them being on opposite sides of the law. So when Styles, you know, gets into this down, bad phase of his life and the only person he can turn to is Odessa. Odessa actually does, you know, agree to help him because it's like, yeah, it's like, look, I I know I know you this. This ain't you. So. So if you telling me. Like what what you're telling me is is going on. It has to be true because I know the real Nick Styles. So Odessa ends up helping um, Styles basically form a plan to basically get Blake to come out into the light for everyone to see. So Styles, he goes back to his house. He gets his family and he literally takes the family to Odessa's and says that you know, you're going to be safe with them of all the people you're going to be safe with these people. Right. But with the alternative, like, yeah, you will, because he says, if you can't go to the cops, you will not be safe with the cops. So I'm going to bring you here and they will protect you, Uh, which actually is a bit of a telling thing. Um, there's an underlying message there. I don't think I have to really go into it, but there is an underlying message about that. Um, so that's pretty much kind of the last time we really see, um, Alice and the kids, because now styles, he ends up basically getting all the news people and everything to come see him because he goes all, um, James Cagney, you know, top of the world, you know, everything he's up on this building looking like he's going to commit suicide. So Blake and Kim, they actually see this. So Blake is like, no, this isn't, this isn't the plan. This is how it's supposed to go. So, they end up showing up because all the news and the police and just everybody's it's like a whole damn circus and they're watching and like I say Denzel does some of the most insane acting in this part of the movie it's like what the hell like, like I don't think you've ever seen Denzel like this in a movie um and everything so he just up there just rambling and just just talking crazy he pulls out some makeup because he's on tv so he gotta make sure he looks good for tv and then he pulls out some lipstick and just starts smearing it all over his face and just looking like a like a clown basically and everything so blake is kind of like in a reserved manner losing it because he's like no you can't kill yourself like you're supposed to live you're supposed to just suffer like your life is supposed to be a living hell i want you to live type of thing and it's like how is it that nobody around recognize that Blake is here no one notices that this man is here even Gail Wellens, who's standing right there who knows what Blake looks like she doesn't even recognize that he's literally standing right there so while Styles is on the building and he basically is like I'm on top of the world so he ends up blowing up the building but he faces death so he basically has everybody thinking that he's dead no while all that's going on uh, one of Odessa's men calls um, Blake over to the payphone, and it's like, "Who is this?" And everything, and it's Odessa basically telling him to come to the tower to meet, and everything, and everything. Fi- you know, everything will be, you know, explained there because during the process of this, Kim was taken, so Kim is out to paint. We don't know what Kim is. Huh? So, so Blake he goes and he shows up at the tower. And find out that's where what, that's what they took Kim. They got him tied up and everything. So Kim and Blake end up arguing while he's tied up. And through the process of this, Blake finally get fed up with Kim and his nonsense. He ends up shooting and killing uh, Kim while he's tied up. So Style shows up and basically gets Blake to come up to the climb up. And they start to... Kind of have a fight while they're on top of this damn tower. Basically, a three stages of hell type of fight for for anyone who's a wrestling fan. Three stages of hell. While all this is going on, um, Odessa and his guys, they basically are orchestrating the whole thing to allow the news crews to come in. Not the police necessarily, but the news crews to come in. And when they show up and they see Nick Styles is alive, but oh, Edward Talbot Blake is alive. So... This whole thing is playing out on television where they're having this whole fight. It's almost kind of similar to the fight in last Boy Scout at the football game, really, uh, where it's being shown for the world to see in a way. And while they're up there fighting styles, he's getting the better of Blake and Blake. He just he's just furious at this point that his plans have fallen apart. So while they're fighting and everything. Odessa and his guys basically the whole thing was to get Blake up there so they could basically shock the damn tire with some jumper cables that they have connected to the electrical box and and Odessa's like hit it he's like don't wait for me so in the process of everything going on because Styles has actually hooked on to a harness to where he can't fall but Blake ends up getting a hold of the rope and is actually cutting the rope and is about to have styles fall to his death so he's yelling for odessa to hit it so they end up turning on the electric electricity and odessa he ends up clamping the uh, cables to the uh, tower and the thing gets electrocuted which electrocutes uh blake he ends up getting all shocked and everything he's disoriented so before he actually falls styles actually grabs him and it. he ends up falling he ends up falling through one like getting impaled and everything and they were like, oh like, oh my God. Like this is all shown on TV also. So he ends up dying. And it's like, oh well, because Blake was alive, um uh, everything that that we were saying about Nick Styles, oh well, it's all brushed under the rug. So everything is fine now. He's back in good graces with everybody. And the movie ends with him and Gail wallace like on the news and he has like Channel Six news and he ends up flipping it off and uh, on the Blake screen all you hear is her saying it was, Nick, we're on live. He's like, good. He's like and then he ends up uh cursing it out a little bit, and then that's how the movie ends. And it's like, really? <laughs> like, wait a minute. So y'all were so eager to believe that Nick Styles was this filthy human being, but because Edward Tapper Blake actually was alive, and it's like, oh, well, since he was alive, I guess Nick was telling the truth, type of thing. And I did find that a little funny of how it, Cause that kind of plays out in real life. A lot of times, like people are eagerly to believe certain things about people. But when the truth comes out, it's like, we're not going to make a, a big deal about the truth coming out. But when the original story broke, Oh, we have to go really, really deep and just go overboard about that. Um, So that's ricochet um, and everything. Now, as far as a favorite character, because like I said earlier, um, this is one of th- this, this is the I-, I will say this, that it's been a long time since I watched this movie, so I kind of didn't remember a lot of stuff and I forgot just how wild Denzel gets in this movie, which I do feel like is probably one of his best performances of his young career at this point. Um, But as far as a favorite character, I'm actually going to have to go with. I'll go with two. I'm going with Denzel and John Licko. Both of these dudes actually make this movie worthwhile. Um, just from their acting standpoint and just how the tables turn, especially in the end and everything. And, and cause even Nick says himself like this, you know, kind of being crazy thing, unhinged thing, you know, it actually does work. It's a benefit to it. Um, and everything. Cause it's like, it was very, he says it's very liberating <laughs> and everything. So yeah, those those two would be my favorite characters. Uh, if I had to give the movie a rating out of five, out of five, uh, I don't know. Uh, just out of five, um, I would give it a solid. I give it a solid two and a half. I mean, it's it's not a perfect movie, and some stuff in the movie does kind of like an, is annoying from the standpoint of like how is this like how is Nick style. You know, allowing himself to get caught up into some of this stuff, but it is a very solid movie. It is one of, I do feel like it's an underrated um uh, movies of Denzel that doesn't get talked about a lot, um, and everything. So, yeah, that's why I kind of give it a 2.5, um, and everything. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. Of course, you can always follow me on the Twitter at. Either my personal page, The J. Giles, or the movie talk page, uh, J. Movie Talk. Also at uh, Instagram GMT Podcast. Um, of course, part of the TV Zone Podcast Network. Where you can find all the episodes. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just uh, type in TV Zone Podcast Network and you'll find Movie Talk. Um, as well as the other shows that are part of the network um, and everything. Uh, but to make things even easier, you can just go to the website, www tvzonepodcastnetwork.com um and everything and also too um like I said uh on previous episode that I started a Patreon if anyone will be interested you know just kind of get a little bit more behind the scenes stuff about me um and stuff like that uh like I said that'll be in the show notes um where you can follow like um you know support me on Patreon um if you would like and you just get some, some extra bonus stuff um regarding me and you can check out the different tiers i have three tiers um and everything and whichever one that you feel comfortable you know being a part of and like say what you would get um is, is detailed outlined with each tier um and everything so yeah and everything so until next time episode 256 um i have to talk to someone to see if that's if, if they're gonna be on for that one or if I'm gonna be doing a different Denzel movie. But um uh, yeah, the next episode 256 should be a very good one. Cause I, I did outline some very interesting Denzel Washington movies for this month. So uh until next time, peace. A nice dark psychopath. All cops hunt the blackmail and the ski man, but I'm too damn clever. Will they ever catch me? Never, because I operate in and out of state Move at a quick rate, and never hesitate To take a jump sucker down And my HK, it holds 80 rounds So when you move, be careful and don't play And watch for the ricochet Suicide into suicide Yeah, yeah. Suicide into suicide Yeah Suicide into suicide Yeah Suicide into suicide Yeah Suicide into suicide Yeah Yeah!